You are listening to the Memoir Method Podcast, the place for writers, readers, and anyone who appreciates the collective power of our stories. In this podcast, we explore the impact of memoir alongside an examination of writing techniques and strategies used in the genre. Whether you're an aspiring writer looking for inspiration and guidance, or a passionate reader seeking meaningful connections through shared experiences, the Memoir Method Podcast is your go-to conversation spot. I'm your host, Charlotte. I'm an editor, writer, and the heart behind bookish edits. I am so glad that you're here. Let's get started. All right. I'm glad that we have you back, Jenny, for 2024. I'm excited for all of the memoirs that we have lined up. I'm so glad to be back. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Happy New Year. It is, uh, we were just talking about the weather. It's very, it's icy in Portland, which is, means that the whole city shuts down. Yes. But, um, and it's very cold in Minnesota, which means we go outside anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are able to function. Portlanders mm-hmm. don't do well in this weather. So, mm-hmm. but I'm especially excited about our conversation today. So our first book of 2024 is Dancing at the Pity Party by Tyler Fetter. And we have, a, this book could be considered the origin story of our actual friendship, which is unusual. Ginny, do you want, do you want to start or? I, I sure can. I sure okay. can. I feel like you're more um, equipped to tell this story. I sure can. Although I think you will also have quite a few parts to contribute. So a little bit of context for listeners. Charlotte obviously already knows this. My mom died in November of 2021. It wasn't great. It's never great when your your parent dies, but it was fairly unexpected and kind of long and drawn out. And it was just, it was a really tough time. That whole year was a really tough time. And so Charlotte and I had been acquainted as people often are when you are on social media and you post about books and you discover that you have a book twin somewhere else in the country and you find out that you are in a lot of the same online book clubs. And it just sort of had, we knew who the other person was. Um, and we would often like DM each other with book recommendations or something like that, but it wasn't, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we weren't like friends. We were. Yeah, we were acquaintances. Yes. Friendly internet acquaintances. Yes. Friendly internet acquaintances, thanks to books. So I had posted a couple of things about my mom being sick and then she died. And so I posted about that. And in March of 2022, I know this because I still have the card that you included. (laughs) In March of 2022, Charlotte sent me a book in the mail. Do you care if I read what you wrote? Go for it. Go for okay. it. Yeah. It's adorable stationery, by the way. From oh, the it's desk from Carrot Top Paper Shop. Oh, I'll link ad- them in the show notes. They're adorable. Great. Highly recommend, even though this is not <laughs> mine. Very cute. Uh, so it says, Ginny, this could be the perfect book or the worst. I'm gambling big. 
I read this book a few days ago and couldn't get you out of my mind. This memoir is tender and funny and sweet and heartbreaking. If this book is not at all what you need, please feel free to donate or gift or sell. And maybe this book will be a balm to your grieving heart. We haven't met yet in parentheses, but I think of you often. Love, Charlotte. And if I missed the mark, I'm so sorry. And do not feel bad getting rid of the book, which I think is great. The date that I have on the card is March 5th. And according to my book journal, I read this book on March 18th. So I read it pretty quickly after you sent it to me. I think I messaged you shortly after I finished it. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, we'll talk about our experiences reading the book, but the first time I read the book, it did take me 11 days. I picked it up. I read part of it. It was hard. I put it down, but it also, like you said in your letter, like it's tender and funny and sweet and heartbreaking. And I think all of that was true for me. And so I would read parts of it. I would put it down. I would come back to it. I would reread sections of it. Even in those first like 11 days, 10 or 11 days, like I've done that since then we'll get into that. But like, even the first time I read it, I would go back and reread sections and and things like that. And I, I think the first thing that I took away the first time I read it, and I probably said this to you when I messaged you about it, I don't really remember, but I say this to people all the time is like, this book makes you feel less alone because I think a lot of people are around you, like when you're grieving and when you lose somebody close to you, but you can still feel really alone when people are all around you. And she even talks about that in the book. Like she has some examples from like when you're at the funeral and like so many people are there, but also like you just feel like you're on an Island by yourself. And so I just, she just like in this book, she just encapsulated a lot of things that I felt and couldn't vocalize at that point. And so it really has, has meant a lot to me since then. I have sent this book to six other people whose moms have died. I send two books to them. One is this one, obviously. And then another one is like a short book of reflections. I can't remember what it's called, but we can link it in the show notes. It's it's a very short book of reflections. I think it's by a woman named Martha Hickman. That might be wrong, but I, I send, I send these two books to people because I think they both are deeply like cathartic and helpful, but in very different ways. I love that. I I love that you have like a set care package, like a dead mom care package. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I remember, I wish I could remember where I came across this book. I do not remember where I found it. I don't remember. I think it was recommended on social media somewhere. I, I do not remember. And I wish I did. I remember DMing you and saying, Hey, can I have your address? I have something I want to send you. And also feeling like if this doesn't land, we can pretend this never happened. Cause like I, I haven't experienced a parent dying yet. And while I have had several friends and 
people who are close to me who have lost someone close before they should. I, I want to be mindful and, and empathetic as much as I'm capable. But I also know that people can say and do really stupid things without meaning to. And so I just remember trying to like cover my bases. Like, I don't like want to make it worse. We can just erase this from our memories if it doesn't land. Um, I just, but what happened was I feel like that was like the initiation of like, oh, like we're like friend friends, even though we haven't met mm-hmm. yet still, even now we still haven't met, but for the listeners, if you've never experienced like deep, deep, deep grief, like it's not bizarre in those moments to have uh, people who have, have just really been acquaintances uh, DM you and ask for your address. Like that's not a weird thing. Like it sort of sounds weird, like when you say it, but it's not, it's really not because like people will often send you cards or like, you know, things like this, or, um, I had a few people who sent me journals, right. And sort of, you know, if they're not like friends that, you know, in real life, right? Like they probably don't have your address. And even some of your friends that you do know in real life might not have your address. So that's not like a bizarre question to be asked. So I really didn't like think anything of it. I was just like, it's kind of a weird vibe. Like you're just telling everybody where you live. (laughs) But, and then I got something from you and I was pretty confident that it was going to be a good book for me, even after I read your note So the title of the book, Dancing at the Pity Party, is like, I really try to find, and even in that moment, like I was really trying to find as much as as is possible, like the happiness or the joy or the good, like among the bad. Mm -hmm. And so I love the title. It also, like the subtitle is a dead mom graphic memoir, which like- It's eye-catching. It's eye-catching and it also hints at this, like, there's going to be some dark humor, Mm -hmm. which is totally my jam. I, I just, I really like dark humor. And so I thought, I thought that would be good. And then the cover is very cool. Like she is alive and she sort of has this outline of her mom as a ghost and they're dancing together and her tombstone is right there. And it just says mom, right. And the years. And so I just, I really liked, and they're dancing and they're smiling, but there's also like a dark cloud with rain. And I just, Uh I love, like, I love everything about the cover of this book and I I just felt really confident that it would, it would be something that would be more helpful than hurtful, which I think is probably why I read it so quickly. And I was also like, absolutely desperate not to feel sad and alone. That is still very much like winter in Minnesota, like the middle of March. And so I was also just like inside a lot and I just needed something that would make me laugh and cry at the same time. Which this book definitely does. Sure does. And we'll get into this in a minute, probably. I So I read this for the first time in 2022. It's 2024 now. And I, I reread it for, for the podcast because that's what we are deep diving. And this was only the second time that I, the, the first time I've reread it, second time I've read it total. And I went 
into my reread with like a thing of sticky notes and a pen just to, you know, kind of go in with a, hey, like I'm going to go with an annotating, you know, let's make notes. Let's make sure I talk about what I want to talk about in the podcast. And what ended up happening was I just sat on my couch for an afternoon and read it and cried and laughed in an afternoon. And so this book is very easily digestible. Like It's very easy to consume. The content is hard. But again, like you said, it's also very funny. Like I laughed out loud several times because it's the dark humor is perfection. Mm-hmm. And and you were saying you have gone back and you, you have you, you can't count the times that you've gone back to this book. I have no idea how many times I've reread this book. Absolutely none. I like I can't even come close. Both in its entirety and also sections of it. There are two parts of the book that I think I have reread more than any any other part. Maybe three. One is when she's like in the room as her mom is dying, because I think she portrays it really eloquently and honestly, I don't want to give anything away, but that's, that's one part. The second part is the funeral itself, which I, I made mention of earlier, but again, I just think it's really spot on how she talks about her feelings in that moment and also like what is literally going on around her. And the third time is, or the third part that I often read is when she goes back to college and she like re-enters the, the quote unquote real world and how other people react to her. Obviously based on what I just said, like her mom dies when she's in college. So she's young and her mom is young And I think, you know, all death is terrible, right? Like no matter what it, it's awful and it stinks and it's gross and terrible. But I think when you, when you are young or your parent is young, it hits different. Like it's a different, it's just a different sort of experience. And some of the things that like other people said to her are like word for word, what people (laughs) would say to me. I mean, I was 32 when my mom died. So older than her, but still relatively young, very young still still relatively young and just like, you know, Oh, my grandma died too. You know, it's like, it's not the same. That's thank you. And also no, thank you. Like it's just, (laughs) so it's, it's very, and she talks about like, what do you say? Right. Like you can't really say like, I don't care, (laughs) you know? So, um, and often you were put, you know, she talks about being put into the role of having to comfort someone else and their grief about her mom. And I'm like, okay, that must be super fun. Like tell other people feel feel better. I did that so much at my mom's visitation and funeral. Like other people were just like a mess. And it sounds really bad maybe or awful or weird, but like I had a lot of fun at my mom's visitation. (laughs) 
Like there were people who I had never met who knew her and came. Mm -hmm. There were people who I had not seen since I was a kid who came. I mean, it's just, it's really lovely like to see all of those people come and pay like homage to your parent mm -hmm. um, or your loved one or, you know, whomever it is. I had a great time. <laughs> like other people were kind of a mess. And so there was a lot of like, oh, let me get you some tissues. And then you're also like, what's happening? <laughs> like, this is not, this is not what I expected, like to have happen. And she talks about that. So like, that was something that I had experienced like five mm -hmm. months before reading this book, but never really like thought about or vocalized or understood. And then like, here's this book where this woman who I don't know is understanding and writing and drawing in a really beautiful way, like everything that I experienced. It was wild. It was almost like a little bit of like an out of body experience. And this is the first, I actually don't know if this is the first graphic memoir that I've read. I've almost said it was the first, but I don't, I, I think I read El Defo first. And that is a middle grade book that I think is a memoir. I'm pretty sure that this is the first graphic memoir I've ever read. It's definitely They're not common. Like when you Google or like look for memoir at your local bookstore or library, you're not going to see a ton of graphic memoir. But what I liked, and again, I, I am saying this as someone who has not experienced what the author has experienced. It felt like the illustrations were a way to to present like when we talk about grief when we experience grief in any capacity you know there's a lot of different ways you can experience grief and it can often feel very unnameable like you don't know words like you don't really know what to say so she drew it and it felt so inviting into her experience and I can imagine that reading this and consuming it, it's probably easier to consume some visual art this way that instead of having to read specific words and kind of, it just, it's a different experience. And I think that it really fits well for the topic. I think that this would have landed differently if it were an essay collection or a memoir in prose. And I think maybe, I don't know if it would have landed the same way if this were not a graphic memoir. You know what she does? I think that with the words and the pictures, I think what she does is she plays with the joy and the sorrow. Like that's where I see them intermingle a lot because she will be talking about, like actually the pages when they're where they're at the cemetery is actually a really good example I'm on 104. Here I am. If that's helpful. So yeah, um, th there's a lot of color here. Yeah. And right. I mean, there's a lot of color in these pages, but it's also like arguably one of, if not the saddest things that will ever 
happen, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of color on the bottom of 104. She has that box and it says our funeral spot was all set up. And then she has pictures of it, but then she also has like an arrow pointing to something and it says giant pile of dirt, right? Like that. I mean, it's the, it's the Mm -hmm. interplay of like, as all of this terrible stuff is happening to me, I'm also going to point out to you, like, here's the six foot hole. It's very, there's the casket on the grave lowering thing. Correct. What is that called? Like, I don't know. I don't know, but it's. I think that she does it really beautifully. And I, I think the fact that she does it with the pictures Mm -hmm. makes it feel, at least to me, it makes it feel really real. And also when you think about like grief or really any sort of like intense life experience, like even something that's good. Like Mm -hmm. I think about this, um, what's like a good thing to equate it to like having a child, right? Like I have never had a child, Mm -hmm. but I imagine that there are things or moments that like stick out to you in your mind, right? Like you will always be able to see that moment, right? Mm -hmm. The same thing is true for grief. Like I will always see, like I cannot unsee the moment where my mom's casket left the church for the last time. Mm-hmm. Like we had her cremated. So a little bit different than this book, but like, that's a moment. Like I will never forget that. I will never forget literally watching her die. I will never mm-hmm. forget like the nurse coming in and like confirming that that's what had happened. Like there are just these moments that like stick out in your mind. And so I think providing visuals for that is really powerful Mm -hmm. and it, it just, it works. Like it sort of makes sense. Like you're kind of not necessarily expecting it to. And then as you read this book, I think you realize that it actually does make a whole lot Mm -hmm. of sense. Something that I liked about the illustrations is that it would be this really, you should be talking about some of the darker aspects of grief. You know, like there's that, I mean, grief is dark, but like some of the really difficult parts, but then some of her illustrations would also show her smiling or, Mm -hmm. or she'd be talking about something happy and it would kind of show her being sad and feeling you know, withdrawing. And so just that contrast of what the words are saying with what you're seeing with your eyes, it's, it's both. And, you know, grief and loving is, is both of those things. I love that she chose to communicate that the way that she did. I feel like it, it was, like my brain comprehended it quicker being able to see it. Like I noticed, Oh, like she's at the, she's sitting Shiva for her mother and they're eating all this food and people next to her are crying, but she's smiling as she's eating Mm -hmm. what's on her plate. It was so honest. Like, again, even as someone who has not experienced what she has experienced, it was so honest and it felt like a very sacred place to be as a reader. 
to be invited into that experience pretty much from you know we the book starts you know she introduces us to her mom those are some of my favorite pages where she's just telling us all these little facts about her mom and and it made me think of the facts about my mom that Mm -hmm. you know like that I, I would tell someone you know like all these little things about her all these small things and then her mom's diagnosed with cancer and within a year less than her mother has died and she's in college and so you you see kind of the before what her childhood was like what her mom was like this relationship and then this immediate shift and kind of the whiplash and then the funeral and the shiva and that bubble of grieving and then having to re-enter life again and she wrote this 10 years after after her mom died so she she had a good buffer of time (laughs) and still it was so raw like even after like i i will usually tell advise people who say hey i want to write about this like hey like give yourself time like give yourself time but with grief like there's never going to be enough time for you to be okay well great i went through that <laughs> and now great now i i experienced that and now it's over like that's not how right. grief that's not how it works when someone you love dies especially a parent that you are that you love mm-hmm. right and she talks about that too like she talks about the fact that it's been 10 years mm-hmm. She talks about how, like, she still feels guilty that she's sad. Mm-hmm. She talks about how, like, she feels guilty that, like, when she's happy, right? There's mm-hmm. a little bit of, like, there's just this sort of shadow that, like, always sits in mm-hmm. the corner. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just sort of there and you, like, learn to live with it, right? You know, you can't, it's never going to go away, Right but it's just here and you just sort of have to learn how to exist with it. And that's really what it feels like. It feels like continuing to learn how to exist with it and telling it, you know, I see you like you're here. I would really like you to be in the back seat today instead of the front seat today. Like Mm -hmm. that would be really great. And that's really like the best that you can do. And what I love about this book is that she has this moment where she talks about like, this is a great example. So she has this moment where she talks about like the guilt that she feels, which I think is so true. Mm-hmm. And then like three pages later, she talks about all of the perks that the dead moms club have. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like five, it's like three or five pages after that. And she's got mm-hmm. like, you know, we have great empathy skills, Right and I still do this. Like I use my dead mom as an excuse for things, which I know that my mom would be totally fine with. Yeah. Right. Like She wouldn't care. She'd be like, yep. Use me. You know, there is this like club of people who have like dead moms and it's like the worst club in the world, but so many people have like come out of the woodwork and it's like, it's interesting, right? Like, Oh, I heard your mom died. Like, yep. She did. 
Mm -hmm. And they're like, yep, me too. You know, you want to trade stories about our dead moms? Sure. Sounds great. Like, I love to talk about my dead mom, you know? So it Mm -hmm. is like, nobody wants to be here. (laughs) Like, it's not (laughs) a club that like, we're all like scrambling to get into, Mm -hmm. right? Like we would rather not be here, but we're here and we can't really do anything about that. So, you know, we might as well like get some perks out of it. I just think that, you know, that's another really great example of her displaying both like, wow, this really, this sucks, you know, Mm -hmm. but also I've made some really good friends whose moms have also died. She's able to highlight the very tender beauty that results out of something horrible. Like I'm looking at the page right now where she's, she's, it's, it's the page opposite of where she talks about the dead moms club comes with a lot of perks and she, she goes through and kind of gives us if I wish we could have a clubhouse where we can meet and just some of the things that like, she like, this is what I would include. She would have like a giant punching bag and a soundproof room for screaming and, you know, place for movies and a lot of tissues. So you don't have to use paper towels. Like it's all so specific and the details are exquisite. (laughs) And even in the illustrations, they're all types of people who are in this clubhouse. And it just illustrates there is no one right or wrong way to grieve. And you're going to go through all of them at at some, you know like you're going to want to punch a punching bag and sit at a table and swap stories about our cool moms like i i loved the the refrigerator the fridge would be stocked with comfort food at all times yes and there's like cold pizza so much cold pizza you can reheat it if you want there's like five boxes of pizza inside this fridge mm-hmm. and like these details are they gave me a look into this experience that was that was very soft. Mm. You know, it's like the this clubhouse, it feels so communal, but no one wants to be there. Right. But everyone Which is how it feels in real life. Mm-hmm. Like and and just the permission that she gives anyone in the Dead Moms Club that you feel however you want to feel about it. Right. You can laugh and and talk about your mom and have a good time. And you can also just be alone and eat leftover pasta and cry. Right. Right. I think another thing about the other thing that sticks with me about this book sometimes when I go back to to reread it or just page through it is at the end of I I don't remember if it's every chapter or just some of the chapters she has these little one page vignettes would you call them vignettes I mean they're not really vignettes they're 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 just sort of one page illustrations really Mm -hmm. What they mm-hmm. are right they're one page illustrations and they're sort of like sidebars like mm-hmm. if you think about the like if you think about like a textbook <laughs> it's it, it's like an infographic it's like almost. an infographic it's an infographic <laughs> yes that's exactly what it is 
Um, and, and they are so poignant and so, so beautiful. I have two favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, can I share them both? Please do. Okay, great. So my first favorite is um, on page 129. Uh, and it is the My Mom Died Young reaction bingo. <laughs> it's and, lo- and like the O has a sad face in it, but it's a bingo correct. card. Correct. The free space <laughs> is thoughts and prayers, which wrecks me every time. <laughs> That's the free space. Like they're so perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know how you feel because my dog died. Please stop. No, please stop. You know, <laughs> tight hug, unpleasant, right? Like mm-hmm. they are so perfect. Like I wish, like, I don't want to go through my mom's visitation again, although it mm-hmm. was fun, but like, mm-hmm. if I had to go through it again, like to have had this with me <laughs> would have been <laughs> such a joy. Like, <laughs> I would have, we could have absolutely played is it called full sheet bingo where you just yeah. get bingo yeah. oh, like blackout or something? Yeah. Blackout bingo. Yeah. Which that's <laughs> like, I wish I could have blacked out, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I absolutely would have gotten blackout bingo like multiple times. Uh-huh. It's just, it's so, it, it's so great. And it's so true. Becomes very formal all of a sudden. Like, I mean, you can tell like these are, she didn't just like pull these ideas like out of thin air. Like these are all things that definitely happened. Someone definitely said these things to her. Yes. Like someone said, I know how you feel because my mom died at the young age of 86. I'm like, okay, cool. cool, cool." Correct. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's definitely one of my favorites. That one makes me laugh. And then the other one that is my favorite is on page 182. It's things my mom would totally be into if she hadn't died in 2009. There are many times when I was rereading this where I had to go get more tissues. This page was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is one of the benefits of ha- of her having waited 10 years, right? Oh, yeah. Because that happens, right? I think it happens anytime anybody dies, like you mm-hmm. will, you will see something and you'll be like, Oh, I want to like, tell that person about that. Or like, Oh, my, you know, insert person here mm-hmm. would have loved that. Right. That happens to me all the time. Like I will like read I- books mm-hmm. and I will think to myself, man, my mom would have loved that book. Like I do that with my, with my grandma who died at the young age of 83. I, 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 (laughs) like, I, I, I do that where I think, oh, like she would have, she would have loved the baking show. She would have loved the Great British Bake Off. Yes. But like, so I, I think that for anyone, no matter what age your loved one, Mm -hmm. how old they were when they died, this, this page was perfection. And it also gives the it gives the book a very distinct time and place as well. Right. Like avocado toast and emojis and podcasts. All things Marie Kondo, like podcasts. Like, you'd be so of these. Podcasts. <laughs> I just, I love it. And it makes me think too, like, I wonder, like, so my mom died in 2021. And I wonder, like, in 2031. Like, what will the list be of things 
that my mom would have loved like 10 years from now. Right. Yeah. I just, and I love that it's also this like ode to continuing to try to like remember the person, right? Like you don't, you can't forget them, right? And you don't want to forget them. And so I think it's also this sort of beautiful, like continuation of like your knowledge of them and your relationship with them. Like, even though they're not here to talk to you about podcasts or a book (laughs) or whatever, you can still sort of like take a little bit of comfort in the fact that like, man, she would have, she would have really loved that, you know? Yeah. It feels like a very, a very life filled way to remember someone. Yeah. It's really beautiful. It's, it's the dead mom bingo is the one that like makes me laugh. And that the things my mom would have loved is like the one that really makes me like think and reflect and Mm -hmm. cry and all those other good things that you have to do sometimes. Yeah. I'm really excited for what our episodes about this book are going to be. Well, our next one that will be, we're going to take this book through the memoir method. So yeah, we have some really great conversations about this book coming up. And I would, we both would love to hear your thoughts about this book. Are you a part of the Dead Moms Club? And this is a very, it's, it's backlist, which means it should be easy to get at your library and you can easily read it in an afternoon. Uh, if you are recent acute grief, it might take you longer as, as Jenny said, took her longer to get through the first time. Uh, but it is, it's not a dense book. It is. So you can, you can catch up if you would like to wherever, wherever you are. And we would love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. So, and I'm, I'm especially grateful. I'm glad that Ginny uh, felt like she could, she could do this book with me this this quarter I would have been I would totally understand if like I don't know if I want to just go on a podcast and talk about my dead mom for a quarter but um for like all the strangers but I am especially grateful for your insights uh Ginny they are always tender yeah well I'm not happy that I have the insights but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh very happy to share them with you and the rest of the listeners. Also, like I think timing is really everything, right? Like, yeah, you know, you you said it, like if you have like really strong, like acute grief, this might not be the right time for you to read this book. And I think, you know, grief like ebbs and flows. And so, you know, this quarter, it felt like a good quarter to talk Mm -hmm. about this book. Uh, Next quarter, that might not be the case, right? Like it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not linear. So, you know, find, (laughs) find people who will get that and will understand when it's not linear, because like yesterday, if I would have sent you a message and been like, you know what? I really don't think I could talk about that this quarter. You would have been like, that's cool. We can talk about yeah. a different one. Like, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, find those people <laughs> and uh, surround yourselves with, with those people for sure. So thank you for being that. Yeah. 
I'm glad that we are friends and I'm glad that um I'm glad that I I sent the book. Me too. So you can find Jenny on Instagram at Jenny Reads and Writes. And uh, I am at my new Instagram home at bookish.editor. So we will have links to all of this in the show notes and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've just listened to an episode of the Memoir Method Podcast. The Memoir Method Podcast is presented by Bookish Edits. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support the show is to subscribe through your preferred podcast player. And if you're feeling especially inspired, I'd love it if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a review really does help other readers and writers like yourself find the show. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on my website at bookishedits.com or on Instagram at bookish.editor. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. And remember that you have a story that matters.